All right, Tyler. So, uh, like I said, this is a COVID-19 heavy uh, show. How could it not be? So, how could it not be? Uh, so, this next one is, um, you know, a little less light of a conversation, but definitely one that's important to have um, as we see the spread hit our economy in a very, um, you know, tangible way. Uh, we are going to have people that get sick and they're going to have to go home and they're going to be sick for a prolonged amount of time. And as a country, we still do not have a standard on paid sick leave. There is not a mandated federal paid sick leave. So that means there are many, many industries, especially service industries, where people get sick and they don't get paid. They have to go home. Or they work through their sickness because if they go home and recover, then they'll be homeless, right? So that is a very real reality in the United States that, you know, I think it's important for us to not ignore. Uh, So in the, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, you, you know, you see that uh, hyper-realized. So, um if someone gets sick at Walmart, well, now you have, you know, potentially an entire workforce of cashiers and uh, floor workers that now are sick. What happens to these people if they don't have robust paid sick leave? So some major employers in the U.S. like Walmart, Uber, Darden restaurants uh, and gig economy favorite Instacart are rolling out some new paid sick leave policies for workers who get COVID-19 or who have to quarantine themselves on order from the government or from their company. Um, You know, again, this is meant to be some kind of safety net for hourly and for gig workers in these service industries who typically don't have any paid time off or who don't have much of it. So let me just break down what a few of these companies are doing, and then we'll um, talk a little more structurally about what we should do about this issue moving forward as businesses, as a country as a whole. So Walmart, uh, largest private employer in the U.S., 1.5 million people work for Walmart. They are rolling out actually uh, one of the best that I see here, at least in the ones um, that I just listed out, of fresh paid sick leave policy. So employees who contract the virus uh, or who are subject to mandatory quarantines would receive up to two weeks of pay, um, and that absence uh, in that time would not count against attendance. But if workers need more time to recover, they'd be compensated up to 26 weeks, and workers uncomfortable going to work because of the outbreak would not be penalized. Now, I don't know what the context is for not being penalized in that situation. Like, I don't know if that means, you know, we're going to pay you, or if that means we're just not going to fire you if you feel uncomfortable not coming to work right now, but if you're not sick, we're not going to pay you. I'm not sure what that dynamic looks like, but the... The idea of being compensated up to 26 weeks if you are sick and you have to be in the hospital, you have to self-quarantine with a minimum of two weeks pay, um, you know, that is the kind of structural thing I'm talking about. Right. Uh, and, and, and I think that is an appropriate response to something like this. Um, let's get into the other ones. Uber, in their announcement, a little less direct than Walmart. Hmm. If they are saying if drivers or delivery people discover that they have the virus or they're instructed to self-quarantine by a medical or government official, they'll receive uh, financial assistance. Um, Not really a lot of uh, 
information on what that looks like, but they're going to receive financial assistance for up to 14 days while their account is on hold. Lyft, I think, was even uh, more vague. They said they're going to provide funds to infected drivers. Hmm. Don't really know what that looks like. Darden Restaurants, they're the parent company for Olive Garden and Longhorn Steakhouse, which some breadsticks sound great right now. They said uh, hourly employees would receive a permanent paid sick leave benefit, um, and sick leave would accrue at the rate of one hour for every 30 hours worked, which I think is pretty standard, might might be a, a little on the low side, but hmm. um, you know there would still be some paid sick leave benefits for their hourly workers. Instacart, uh, you know, a gig economy fave, like I said, they are expanding their accrued sick time policy that they already had. Now they're expanding it to all part-time employees in North America. Um, previously, they had some sick pay in only a few states, probably where there was more um, government pressure uh, or, you know, local pressure. But Instacart said that they would provide up to 14 days of pay for this specific uh, illness. So, thoughts on some of those different approaches from those different companies yeah it's interesting i i think one of the things that stands out is that with each of these companies maybe walmart is the the largest exception but with each of these companies you know that they're operating on slim margins as it is right and so any change and any uh disruption to what they're doing and to their operations you know is a big deal financially for these companies right restaurants don't run on a vast margin, especially restaurants like Olive Garden and Longhorn Steakhouse, like you mentioned with Darden restaurants. And so there's there's concern there, right? And you can tell that companies want to be seen to be doing the right thing by their employees. And I think that they probably have, you know, good intentions at the heart of it as well. I don't know. I can't I can't speak to that. But they seem to want to be doing the best thing for their employees while also acknowledging that there's a financial aspect here that they're going to struggle with because you figure fewer people are going to go out and go out to eat or do, uh, you know, I'm thinking primarily about the restaurant idea, but if people aren't going out to eat, they're not going out to bars, so they're not Ubering as much. People aren't leaving their homes as much. And so right. you you do also see the other side of this to a certain extent to where, you wonder how how many of these companies can still stay viable while supporting if they do lose a large amount of their workforce and they are supporting these benefits and that sort of thing. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I guess at least there is enough pressure that they feel like they have to launch a response to this because mm-hmm. I feel like if you know if people were still more. Um, uh, you know, I guess apprehensive to the reality of the situation or if people were ignoring it or if there was less institutional pressure for something like this from whether it's politicians or activists or even just the workers themselves. Um, I don't know that these companies would feel inclined to like launch really comfortable paid sick leave policies like okay we're gonna we're gonna get at least just the bare minimum so that we don't like infect our entire workforce um but you know like lyft is is quote providing funds to infected drivers i mean what does that really look like you know are are they taking into account that there are drivers in the gig economy that that is their full-time job yeah that sounds so vague right right exactly like what does that mean um that is, you know, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, and I think this just speaks to we need mandated paid sick leave at a structural federal level so that companies just don't even have to worry about this, right? Um, it, 
you know, th- there's a case for it, obviously, for the workers to keep them safe. And so it's not just up to the whims of, uh, you know, if the company decides to act not only accord- proactively, um, but, you know, I think it removes stress from the companies to have to feel like, oh, we have to launch some new initiative. How is this going to change our dynamic as a company because we don't have paid sick leave and now we do? And like, are we going to, you know, is that going to cut into our bottom line and our margins? Right. Like, you know, if there's already an expectation that, no, you have to provide this no matter who's working for you, um, then it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's already uh, built into the business model. Maybe they're already a little more prepared for it. So, you know, I, I think coronavirus right now is showing a lot of major holes in our economy and our ability to deal with these um, economic breaks from the norm. And it's really important to be talking about these because, um, you know, it's not like we're never going to see this again. And coronavirus is such that it might come back in, you know, the later months of the year. Uh, Once it gets a little cooler, it's not like coronavirus is just going to disappear forever. So, you know, this might be a long term thing where we have COVID-19 and we need to be able to handle what that looks like both medically and economically. Yeah. And you mentioned that that aspect of it being a relief for, you know, for companies having to provide sick leave and, and that kind of being a mandated thing. And I think conversations that I've had about this in the past have always centered around, you know, the, the government shouldn't interfere in the, you know, the affairs of businesses and let them kind of make those decisions themselves. But it's never been presented in this particular light and presented in the way that you presented it just then as this should be seen as, you know, something that actually benefits restaurants as opposed to a mandate from on high that you must offer this, if that makes sense. The way you presented it was different than I think the conversation's been framed in the past, and I'll be curious to see how that argument plays out. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.